And what I want to talk with you today, and I titled this Born to Grow. Born to Grow. And growing spiritually, spiritual maturity. You know, you hear about it, you hear that term a lot of different ways, but that's what we're talking about, growing up spiritually. And growing up spiritually is a process. And it's a process that takes time. And actually, you never truly attain that, okay? You should always be striving to reach it, all right? But you never really truly attain it. All right. And the problem is, is most people don't never choose to try to attain it. And so they end up walking around in defeat all their life. Now, look with me at 2 Peter 3, verse 18. I'm going to read this really quick out of the New Living. 2 Peter 3, 18, it says, Rather, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. All right, so we see right there, it's God's will that we become spiritually mature. All right? And the reason so many of us are walking around in life with our head hung down, kicking the sand, I hate this world, you know, the world's crumbling down around me, I'm sure. I've been there. Earl was probably there before he went to rehab. All right? But the reason people are doing that is because they don't take the initiative to learn the things of God, to mature themselves spiritually so that they can fully understand who they are in Christ and what they have as a benefit of being a Christian based on the Word of God. All right? So it's very important. So I want to do a little bit of review before we get into this. And to start with, we know that God's a spirit, right? That's right. God's a spirit. It's okay. And man, that's us, who is made in his own image, Genesis one twenty seven. all right? We are also a spirit. And actually, we're a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Kevin did an awesome teaching on this on Wednesday night, and it was fantastic. And I encourage you, if you have any questions about it, to get that podcast, because I'm going to touch on it, but he went really in-depth on it. So... But we're a spirit also, and we are a spirit that can commune with our Heavenly Father. That's how you pray, all right? And one thing I think it's worth remembering, all right, when, and this is very important, when God created man, when he created man, he put inside each and every, each and every one of us, all of us sitting here, he put inside us a desire, a hunger for fellowship with him, okay? And, then, and what's so dangerous about this is, 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 is for people who are not following Christ, when Adam sinned, when he sinned in the garden, his spirit was separated from God. Same thing happened with us. Our spirit has been separated from God. Right there, all right? And, and, and when you're pursuing God, you're trying to fill a void that can only be filled by a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, people who don't follow after Christ are chasing around, running around life, trying to fill a void. You know, you ever see people that just always feel like there's just something missing in my life? They're trying to fill that void with anything possible. It can be material things. It can be some type of sin. They're just trying to fill that void. And that void is something God put in us to, to be filled by a relationship with him. Amen? So you, as a Christian, 
We are to seek him to fill that void and not to chase after things of the world. And, you know, that gets, that gets overlooked a lot. It's very important. And I've had people tell me, I just don't understand why I'm chasing after all this. I just can't get happy. I can't get happy. Well, you're trying to fill something that can only be filled that was put in place at the beginning of time by God himself because God created us for fellowship, for fellowship with him. Amen. Now, so we're a three-part being, all right? So we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So your spirit is the part of man that, that deals with the spiritual realm. That's how you're praying. Now your soul, this is the part most people understand. Your soul is your mind. That's your intellect. This is, this is where you get your reasoning from, all right? And the biggest problem with a lot of Christians is they try to analyze and understand everything about God and His Word and His ways and His system, and we can't. We cannot understand everything. He did not create us that way to understand everything. You know, I had somebody ask me, how come God just didn't show me the whole plan for my life and let me figure out how to walk it out? Well, number one, they're trying to figure it out. And number two, if He was to show you the plan for your life all the way through, you would run out of fear. Because he's having a hard enough time to get you to take one simple step of faith. He couldn't lay it all before you and then expect you to take hundred steps of faith. So he's going to take you one step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. So, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, this is, this is the vessel that we, that we live in, you know. And some of us like our body and some of us are not, you know. You know, I realized I've got a man bod now, so I figured I'd put a vest on to kind of cover that up, you know, getting a little weight. I don't know what it is about when you get 45, you just start. But anyway, some of you know what I'm talking about. And you younger guys, your day's coming. Your day's coming. You just wait. But we have the body. We live in a body. This is what we walk around in. Now, listen, your body is primarily what gets you in a lot of trouble, all right? Because human nature is to go after what pleases your flesh. You hear some people say, oh, they're living in the flesh. You know, that's kind of a churchy way of saying they're just chasing after what feels good. And, you know, people who, aren't, who, who don't know Christ, they, aren't not, they, don't, they don't understand anything about Christ. So naturally, they're trying to please what feels good. And, and let's, be, let's be honest. Sin brings temporary pleasure. It, it temporarily... It, Eventually death, but for a little while, you know, hey, if I drink enough booze, it feels good for a while. It's temporary. All right, if I do this particular drug, I'm going to be hopping around for a little while. All right, and that's why people chase after that. And we see all of this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So, we're a three-part being, and without a doubt, the biggest problem in church today is spiritual maturity or spiritual growth or growing up spiritually. You see, we get ourselves in all kind of trouble because of the way that we react to situations, the way that we respond to anything in life. Because if you're not mature spiritually, all right, and you're responding the way that God's explaining for us to respond, if you're responding from what feels good or from what we believe in the natural, all right, that's considered responding immaturely. So when, say, something happens in your life, do you respond out of anger and out of strength? I want to fight. I want to kill these people. Well, most of the time, that's the way we do when somebody cuts you off in traffic, all right? So we get ourselves in trouble a lot, 
acting immature, talking immature, and making immature decisions. So, simply put, we need to grow up. And everybody's like, well, we're adults. Listen, uh, I have a friend who's 50 years old, and he's immature. He's very immature. He's married, been married quite some time, got grown kids already out of the house. He works a good job, takes care of his, his wife, and, but when he gets off work, drives home, he goes straight to that couch, and he's video, video game. He's gaming. And you walk in his house, and you can tell in his living room, all around his seat, you can see his spot. He sits there so much, it's just wore out, food and drinks all around. He never spends time with his wife. He's never going off and, and seeing his kids. He's never a part of his church as he should be a part of. His life is consumed with that. Listen, I'm not picking on you if you like games, but there's a balance to everything. And I tell him, you're acting, that's very immature for a 50-year-old man. You need to balance it. He needs to be taking care of his family. Amen. Now, think about this, all right? We are a spirit, and we live in this world. We have a soul, and we live in a body, and we believe things, right? You do believe things. But how you respond to anything in life is based on your beliefs. It is. I'm talking about just naturally now. What you believe is going to determine how you respond to anything. In the natural, you know, at work, something rises, somebody comes up against you or anything, you're either going to respond out of the flesh, out of anger, or if you believe enough of the Word of God, you're going to respond from the Word of God. So you need to ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? Now look, if you don't get anything today, I want you to get these next few pages. So if you're asleep, I want you to wake up. If your neighbor looks like he's dozing off, I want you to stick your finger in your mouth and put it in their ear and wake them up, because this is very important. It's very, it's very, very important. But think about it. Why, why do you believe what you believe? All right? Because we're going to believe something. Whether you're a born-again Christian or not, you believe something, right? And so what's causing you to believe that, the way that you believe? Have you ever thought about it? Most Christians haven't ever thought about that. But you need to think about it. And know this. What you believe comes from the knowledge that you have on that subject. All right? So what you believe comes from the knowledge that you have on that subject. Everybody follow me now. So, you've got to understand, our beliefs are formed by information that we allow inside ourselves. Now, so we're walking around day to day, we're forming beliefs on either, either life experiences, whatever we go through in life, are just forming beliefs based on whatever is, is happening and going on in situations around you? Or, as Christians, we should be forming beliefs from our Bible. Amen? But most people naturally form their belief system based on what pleases their body, what pleases them naturally, what they can see with their own eyes, not what they... Not living a life of walking it out in faith. See, faith has the, knows the answers there even though it can't see it. Amen? So, part of becoming spiritually mature is you need to allow the Bible, the Word of God, to form what you believe. And what, when that happens, what, how you believe determines how you'll respond to all your situations. Amen? That's very, very important. So, You've got to allow your beliefs to be formed, number one, by studying and reading God's Word, not from your flesh or from the natural, 
all right, or what's happening on the news, or what's happening across the world, it needs, your belief system needs to be based on the Word of God. I'll give you an example. I was talking with a gentleman the other day after the election. And, and for those that don't know, I will not get political up there. It's not about being political. This is, this is not the place for that. But I was talking with him. He wasn't pleased with the outcome of the election. And he was so displeased he couldn't go to work the next day, which I thought was very immature. And so I talked with him. But you see, his beliefs were based on that election in his eyes, the destruction of the world. Instead of having a belief system that was based on the Word of God, that who has laid a system in place for us to follow, where He's going to guide you, He's going to lead you, He's going to provide you, He's going to protect for you. I don't mean it's always easy, but you go with God's system. But he's so, his beliefs were all developed about what's happening in the natural instead of his beliefs being based on the Word of God. And that's sad. That was really sad. And I told him that. I said, you're sad. You're sad. Man, I mean, you know, come on. Snap out of it, you know. <laughs> but seriously, guys, whoever gets in office, we're called to pray for them and support them. All right? It may not, you may not agree with them. Their term will be eventually end and somebody else will be in there. But see, you need to understand that our trust is not completely in that person. Our trust is in God Almighty himself. Amen. So many people need to get that. All right? So, I said all that to say this. You're going to believe something, right? So you need to choose to form your beliefs based on God's Word. Now watch this. This is where everybody misses it. Then you need to allow those beliefs to govern your actions. What are you thinking on? What are you speaking on? What, how are you reacting? to? How are you responding So, that's where people miss it. Because a lot of Christians, they have a belief of what the Bible says. But then it stops there. They don't allow what they believe to govern how they act. And how they react to situations in their life. In their job. As they're at the grocery store. With their family. Huh? Come on. That one hits home. A lot of times dad's tired when he gets home. And problem comes up with the kids. He's a little grumpy. All right? And he reacts out of the flesh rather than reacting off of the word of God as a godly father should. And talking it out, he may yell or snip. Now listen, I'm not condemning anybody. I've done it too. We all are going to slip up here and there. But the point is, is you need to form your beliefs based on what the word of God says. And then intentionally make yourselves allow those beliefs to govern your reaction to anything in your life, all right? That's very, very important. So many people miss the, that last part. They, don't, they form the beliefs, but they don't allow it to govern their actions. Very important. And listen, it's going to take an effort from you. Because listen, we are, as humans, we are of a sinful nature. So what happens? Being from a sinful nature, naturally, we are going to be drawn to please our flesh. All right? We're going to be drawn back to the things that are completely of the natural. So you're going to have to push yourself some and make, the, make, make this happen. Amen? Now, how do you form beliefs? This is really simple. Romans 12, 2, out of the King James says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Simply put, you form your Bible beliefs by renewing your mind daily 
by feeding on the Word of God. Amen? It's that simple. It's that simple. And I hope you can understand now why I've been harping since day one of the church about you reading your Word, feeding on the Word, studying the Word. Because, see, it's such a vital part of you walking in any success in your life. And you'll never walk in the fullness of what God's got for you if you don't do that part of it. And that's where spiritual maturity comes from. All right? That's how you develop your spiritual maturity. So, you got it? We're forming beliefs either on life experiences or are we forming our beliefs off of the Word of God? All right? should be the Word of God, and that's spiritual maturity. Now, let's talk a little bit about the church's role in spiritual maturity. All right? You see, in today's society, everybody thinks that everything that I get from my church or everything that I, I, that I need for my life to, to, be, to operate in the fullness of God, I'll just get from a sermon once a week. Well, you know, I'm definitely not belittling the pastor's position, but you're not going to get it all one Sunday on a week, every, every week. Sometimes it's every other week, depending on how people work. So you're going to have to be intentional about digging in. But there is an important part the church plays, absolutely, all right? So look with me at Ephesians 4, 11, 15. 11 through 15. I'm going to read this out of the New Living. It says, Now these are the gifts of Christ and gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. That's interesting. Measuring up to the full and complete standard, we should live daily to try to be more like Christ. All right? Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Now, let me pause there. That's interesting because immature believers are going to be the ones out there chasing after five different pastors. All right? A mature believer submits under the leadership of a church that God has sent them to to take their giftings to be used to fulfill the vision of that church. You see, we've gotten so misguided on this. People think that you just pick a church because, hey, I like the way that door, I like the way their system operates. I love that. They, it's not about a show. It's about where is God leading you to use your gifts and talents? Amen. That's very important. All right. Now, it says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever and they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, grow in every way more and more like Christ. He is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. All right. The five-fold ministry gifts there he's talking about, they're given to help build up the body of Christ, Right? so it can grow and mature to do the work of the ministry, all right? And God wants us to constantly be doing that, constantly be striving to be more like Christ, all right? You know, and and the more mature you become spiritually, the less likely you'll be drawn to the gray areas of sin that come up in your life. You know, you have all the... Everybody comes into those, well, should I partake in this or should I partake in this? Well, the more spiritually mature you come, those desires go away. And see, you create a desire by feeding and constantly being a part of the things of God, and that becomes your new desire. Then it's never even a question. 
It never even comes up. Amen. Now, think about a baby. When a baby is born, and Mindy's not in here, is she? But in the natural, the baby's born and it's poor, it's, it's helpless. And God's so cool the way he put this together. But when it's born, and then it, it, it's raised by good parents, I hope, and then it grows and it matures into an adult. We hope, you know, in today's day, I mean, you know, some people still got some maturing to do, myself included. That's okay. But listen, the same thing happens spiritually. We need to understand that. The same thing happens. Every born-again Christian begins their walk as a spiritual baby. All right? When they're born again, they know nothing. And unfortunately, in today's, we are so quick to judge them. All right? But you've got to understand, they're a baby. All right? You don't accept Christ and walk out of there and everything in your life be perfect. All right? So there's, a, there's walking out. That's where the church comes into play. And as a matter of fact, if you look with me at 1 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3, Paul's actually scolding the Corinthian church here for their lack of maturity. He's treating them like babes in Christ that they are. He says, I had to feed you milk and not with solid food. What is he saying there? He couldn't teach the fullness of the word because they were not mature enough to understand. You know, it's kind of like why we have Wednesday night dive. We go a little deeper on Wednesday night dive. Well, I'll give you a little church 101. You generally don't teach heavy subjects on a Sunday morning service because if you have new believers visiting, they'll be overwhelmed. They won't understand it and they will just be blown away. And chances of them coming back sometimes are very unlikely. So what, what he's saying here is, is um, I couldn't teach you the fullness of the word because you weren't ready, you weren't mature enough to handle it. All right? And he says there, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, you still aren't ready, are you, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature, you are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like the people of the world? Paul tells them to grow up. He says, time to grow up. You know, and that's so important for people in their Christian walk. Now, you don't have to. You can live your life. Accept Christ. Just live your life and go along. But you're never going to walk in the fullness of what God's called you to do. You'll never step into that. You'll just never step into the, the perfect will that he has. And let me just say this, and I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but everybody in this room was created for a purpose. All right? And there are lives hanging in the balance based on whether you choose to walk out that will or not. Amen? Because, see, there's, you're so special that God created you for a purpose to impact somebody, and you're the only person that can impact them. And if you don't choose to go after it, that sounds bad, doesn't it? But it's true. It's very true. So, Paul says, grow up. Grow up. Because he knows what spiritual immaturity does. It causes all kind of chaos. Now look with me at 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. It says, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. So when you're born again, you're born as a spiritual baby. And then you grow up, all right? But you, spirit, you mature spiritually by craving the spiritual milk, which is the Word of God, by desiring that, all right? And let me say one, one thing about 
new Christians. All right? And in the natural, when a baby's born, of course, he, has to have, he or she has to have somebody take care of it. All right? He, he's helpless. He can't wash himself, can't feed himself, can't do anything. And it's the same way with a new Christian. I mean, they can bathe and they can feed, but they, when it comes to spiritual things, they know nothing. They know nothing. And we're so quick, we're so quick to judge them for making a mistake. I remember when I was in Oklahoma in the church there, we put a guy on the usher staff there, big usher staff. We had about 50, I think it was 54 ushers on a Sunday morning service. Well, the guy had only been saved for four weeks, all right? But he had gone through the steps to, to do what he needed to do to serve. Put him on the staff. A lady comes up. She said, I cannot believe you've got him on that staff. Do you know where he was at last night? Well, actually, we don't know where he was at last night, but we do understand that he accepted Christ. We are working with him. He is walking things out, and he is a spiritual baby. He doesn't know any different. He may have made a mistake last night, but we're not called to judge them. We're called to work with them, sets things in place. We had steps in place for him to take. He was taking the proper steps. That doesn't make him perfect. And it happens in a... He, people mature over a process of time. But don't be so quick to judge new Christians when they make a mistake. Now, I'm not giving new Christians a free pass. Eventually, you have to stand on your own feet. All right? You've got to stand for yourself. But listen, he had only been saved for four weeks. But listen, the church is responsible for every new believer that comes into their congregation. We're responsible. Actually, I'm held accountable to God himself. Had a guy ask me the other day, he said, how, Pastor, how come you don't just do a prayer at the end? If people want to accept Christ, they'll accept Christ. Listen, there's more to it than that. I'm held accountable for it, number one. So I need to shake their hand. I need to make sure they understand the decision that they made. And here's the thing. I need to make sure they can get connected. If not here, they need to get connected somewhere for the next step in their spiritual walk. See, we're responsible for them. All of us were responsible for them. All right? They know nothing. They're babies. They were just born again. All right? So, and furthermore, they're not ever, the only way they're ever going to learn to form beliefs off of the Word of God is by being here, by learning from me, from you, who set the example before them. Amen. From their church family. That's just another benefit of having that church family. Man, you can never, never have enough people in your church family. Fantastic. And we got a fantastic one here. But to be effective in life or ministry, you've got to grow out of spiritual babyhood. Everybody say, I will not remain a spiritual baby. All right. I started to bring a whole box of pacifiers, but I don't know. When we go. <laughs> but look, don't be, don't be quick to condemn people who have been just born again and make mistakes. Come on, they're, they're, they're just babies. All right. It's a process. And we've got to walk it out with them. We've got to live the example out for them and hold them accountable. It's a process. It takes time. All right? So babies got to grow into maturity, and it's our job to help new Christians grow into maturity. Now, for, in order for a baby to grow, it needs what? Milk, right? It needs nourishment. Well, the same thing is true about a new believer, okay? But they need the spiritual milk, which is the Word of God, okay? And what's really cool with the way God does everything, but if you look at the characteristics of a newborn baby, it's identical to a new believer, all right? Babies are innocent. When you become born again, 
you've become innocent, right? Your past is wiped away because of the power of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross. All right, let me say that one more time. Your past is wiped away. One more time. Your past is wiped away. Listen, there are too many people hung up on the mistakes they made in the past. I waited seven years before I went into full into ministry because I couldn't get over the mistakes I made in my past. And I think back to, my gosh, what could I have done in seven years? Listen, don't get hung up on your past. If you're hung up on the past, you're the one that's hung up on it because God's not looking at it. It's not there. Let it go. Let it go. But anyway, babies are innocent, right? New believers are innocent. They're full of faith, willing to learn. Come on, some of you can think back to when you accepted Christ and you're just like a sponge, soaking everything in, all that information. Give me that book, you know. I want to hear that podcast. I'm, oh, gosh, you know, and all that. So, but they're willing, and they have a, a humble, teachable spirit. And that's great. And that's something we should never, ever lose. And it's so very, very important. Don't become a know-it-all. Just because you read the Bible ten times, that, never, that doesn't make you spiritually mature. All right? That's a, hey, I'm glad. Read it ten more. I'm glad. It's a process. But that doesn't make you fully mature. But don't become a know-it-all. You know, we work with, with wealthy businessmen and women. Wealthy, and they'll all tell you they will never invest or go into business with somebody that's a know-it-all. It's just not a good recipe. And they don't do it. Nobody likes a know-it-all. Always, actually, I had one tell me a while back, he said, you can learn something from everybody in every situation, regardless of their education or of their social status, if you choose to have that attitude and you go into that, uh, into that situation with them and look for what it is you can learn from it. You know, and that's probably why he has many, 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 many millions of dollars. So, anyway. So, don't be a know-it-all. All right, so babies are... Innocent, but babies are ignorant. That's kind of a bad word. I probably should have picked a better word for that, but that's okay. Babies are ignorant, but that's true. They don't know anything, right? When they're born, they know nothing. Fully dependent on mom and dad. Mostly mom, but mom and dad. But babies in Christ, they've got to be taught everything. They've got to be taught God's word so they'll understand and know how to live the Christian life. Okay? And babies also have to be supervised, right? I mean, everything they're crawling around, anything they pick up, goes where? Miranda? In their mouth. In their mouth. That's right. They don't know if it's a cookie. They may be poison. They don't know. All right? The same thing is true with new Christians. All right? We got to keep an eye on them. All right? And if... This applies to everybody. We need to be mindful of what information we're allowing between, in our ears or before our eyes. I mean, we have to do that, all right? And listen, the, the more mature you come spiritually, this is, you, you lose the desire to go be a part of, of the gray areas, of going to see the movies that may be questionable. All of that starts to fall off. And you're more drawn to being more like Christ, which you're called to do after you accept Him. Amen. So don't put anything in your spirit that challenges God's Word, because it just simply brings confusion. All right? So babies are ignorant, but they're also irritable. Irritable. I hope Laurel's taking notes, because she's got a grandbaby coming soon. (laughs) 
but they become irritable because what? Babies are spoiled pretty easy. You know, kind of like Muffin here. She's kind of really spoiled, but that's okay. You know, that's my job. But ba- <laughs> babies are spoiled. You know, they want mommy to hold them. You know, they don't want daddy to hold them right now. They want mommy to hold them. And they want their little passy and they want their bottle the way they want it. Why? Because they're comfortable. And see, they're, not, they're, they're still babies. They don't know any different. They're comfortable. They want what feels good, what makes them feel safe in the natural, because that's all they know, all right? So mommy wants to do all that for them, and that's good, all right? But eventually they need to be weaned off of that, all right? You've got to be weaned off. I mean, I was in, in Target the other day, and there was this kid running around, looked like he was three years old with a pacifier. I was like, you need to, it's time to let that go, you know? But hey, you know, that's a, that's a mother decision. But you got, they got to be weaned off. Babies have to be weaned off all that. Well, listen, that's the same way new Christians are. So when they accept Christ, and then they, they start deciding to walk out the spiritual maturity, they have to be weaned off of the habits they have. And that's where we come in. That's why we're so important, all right? Among everything else, we're very important for that reason. And we need to be quick to celebrate with them when they wean off of a habit that's been holding them back forever. And be quick to encourage them and hold them accountable to stay away from that and to step into the next level that God has set forth. Amen? That's the only way we're going to build up an army. All right? To take on and to accomplish the vision of what God's called this church to do. You know, if we, if we all stay spiritual babies, think about it like this. If we st- when you're born again, say we have a church. I'm not saying it's you guys, but if you say we have a church and everybody comes in, accepts Christ, and, 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 and then they just learn the basic foundation, well, they all got their little spiritual bottle, and they're, they're all sitting out there with their bottle. You know, and then after a few years, if they all still got their bottle, we got a problem because we can't accomplish anything. We're never going to accomplish the vision that God has for the church. We need people to mature spiritually so they can hand that bottle off to the next new believer that comes in. You see, it's a process. Everybody's growing up. This one grows up. This one goes into whatever ministry God's calling them to do. They may be a part of the church or they may be in full-time ministry. Who knows? But it's a process. A new one's coming up. Another one's coming up. It's a process. And you all play an important part. A very important part. So, when you grow up spiritually, you are ready to do the work God has called you to do. And listen, growing up spiritually doesn't happen automatically. And it definitely doesn't happen fast. I mean, it all depends on how much effort you put into it. All right? And growing up spiritually definitely was not going to happen without some form of discipline. Boy, that's, a, that's one that you don't want, most people don't want to hear nowadays. You've got to discipline yourself. You've got to make yourself do it. I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, but pastor, I'm, I'm not in school anymore. But it's your life we're talking about. It's about you walking in the fullness of what God's got for you. You should be willing to and desiring to be more like Christ and willing to put in that extra effort. And, and understand, nobody's going to make you do it. You can live your life the way you want to live it and struggle through the way that you've, that you've been making it this far. But God's got something better for you. God's got more for you, all right? And for you to walk in the fullness of what he has and, and, and the will that he has called and the 
and walk out the plan. That's what's so, so cool to see when people step into the plan that God has set forth for them because he's got one for each and every one of you. Amen. Now, I want to encourage everybody, especially this, to make sure that you are forming what you believe based on the word of God itself, all right? And we don't stop there, okay? Be intentional to make those beliefs govern your actions, govern your response, govern what you think about, govern everything that you do. Don't allow your response or your reactions to situations in life to come just from the natural, from what feels good to your body. React and respond based off of what the Word of God says. Amen? That's the key. That's the key. Learn what God's Word says about you. Learn what it says you have as a benefit of being one of His, as being a, choosing to be a Christian. And listen, don't stay a spiritual baby. Don't stay a spiritual baby. There's so much more. And you can stay a spiritual baby. And I, you still come to church here. That's okay. I'm going to love you. I'm going to eat dinner with you. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. You know. But what it hurts me as a pastor is God shows me the potential in a lot of people. He does. He shows it. And my job as a leader is to encourage you to step into that in some capacity. And it hurts me to see somebody waste that potential. All right. Now that's just something that they actually teach you to deal with when you go through Bible college, you know, because it's part of being a pastor. And it'll probably be that way because people, not everybody's going to choose to mature. At that, We're all going to do it at different levels. Amen. But in, don't push yourself. Don't remain a spiritual baby. You can do so much. You may be doing a lot now, but I want you to know that God's got a lot more for you. So I want you to put in that extra effort because your success to walk in the fullness of what God has for you is dependent on it. Amen? Amen. Very important. I hope you got something out of that. And please remember to be learn to respond to situations in life off of what you believe based on the Word of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day.